spoken lately. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I haven't dreamed of that moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I haven't dreamed of waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass more years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins, where it all came from, since I held up that cape for the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Ambien's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional material. Spoken Hi, it's Andian from Spoken Label. A spoken Label was originally set up at the beginning of 2016 and records show it started off really as a one-off podcast chatting to writers, poets and artists. Over time, it became monthly, then weekly and occasionally nowadays it goes on that to a more regular basis. To date, I've done over 330 sessions and I'm always looking for new poets, writers, artists, singer-songwriters, general interesting creative people to come onto the podcast. You can find this on all the usual networks over Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Podbay and dozens of others. But it does have a central database of spoken label, which is all one word, dot bandcamp.com. Obviously now, to help me with the running costs of this podcast, I'm always grateful for any kind of donation to assist me with it. You can either do the donation through the Bandcamp page by putting in a fee to download one of the free podcasts, or send it over to my PayPal to aen1mpo at yahoo.co.uk. My email address again is aen1mpo at yahoo.co.uk. Enjoy the podcast. Take care. Bye. Spoken Label. Hey guys, Andy N, Spoken Label, back in the house on a Sunday afternoon. Hey, it's going to be a busy day today because Spoken Label's cocked up. Where, But this podcast, which is planned today, is great. I've got a wonderful lady with me. I'm going to choose in a second. But... Unknown to me, I've agreed to do another podcast in a couple of hours' time and completely forgot about it. So that one's going to be a bit messy. But anyway, we're over to my favourite place in the world today, the place I was born, yeah, Stretford. This is great because we've got a poet here today, actually, who's not from the Stretford area originally, but has been living up there for a while. And bizarrely enough, we've just found out she lives on the corner of my parents. So it, it really is a small world. So We've got the fantastic Emma with us today. Now, Emma, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Tell people, obviously, a little bit about yourself as a person, where you're from originally, and what started you off all your creativity. We'll start from there. Yeah, okay. So um, I'm originally from Bury, so I'm not far from Stretford. Yeah, I'm going to um, correct people, Bury. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I say Bury, and I'm from there. <laughs> I think different people can say how they like, can't they? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, people will be correcting me, Burry. Um, and I, I was talking to my mum this morning about um why why I'm I write and why I 
I'm really into poetry. And um, she was saying that I've been writing poems since before I could write. And she used to write them down for me and she, and she got oh, one. Wow. And this is the first one I ever, the first poem I ever wrote, which was before I could write. Um, oh, wow. He's very flightful. I catch him in, in two hands. One hand isn't enough. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. I'm, I'm really about... Wow. Yeah. I know I started when I was about 10. And I was, I'll send you over one of my 10 year old ones later on. And they're in the other room and in a big box. It's and really I, cringe, though, isn't it? Reading stuff that you've written. Yeah. <laughs> well, the second, the second one I was remembering me, and we'll go back to you in a second. I promise you. Was I wrote one about the school trip to Chester Zoo at, and Barton Clough, which is obviously not far that far away from where you live. And I got a one week detention for it because I didn't like the teacher very much, and I imagined the lions breaking out the cage and killing the teacher, one of the teachers. And that was your poem. That was second poem. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Anyway, so oh. anyway, thankfully that teacher's well dead now, so they can't, they can't <laughs> keep going back into detentions again. Now, <laughs> what I think the crunch point of yourself seems to have been, obviously, is like obviously people read to research is good. They know you're dyslexic, aren't they? So yeah. When did you find yeah. out you were dyslexic? Um, in year four, I think my oh, my mum had very, suspicions. You were very early then, weren't you? So yeah. Yeah, for for my for our generation. <laughs> Yeah, My gender, yeah, you know, how old I was. I was twenty-eight when I found out. Well, because dyslexia wasn't really a thing in the eighties no. and nineties, was it? So not at all, not at all. Um, so it was it was quite early, considering it was the nineties. Um, and my mum sent me to a tutor, who's I remember her, Felicia Isaacs. I remember sitting in her back back room, and the only instruction my mum had given her was, "I don't care what she writes." as long as she enjoys it. And um, so I would sit in Felicia Isaac's back room writing poetry. And and that's obviously what I wanted to do. I wanted to write poems. I wanted to write and I wanted to, um, yeah. And it's just really strange because it's been such a struggle actually writing things down. Um, but because all of these ideas in your head that, you know, trying to, well, what, what, how do I get that out of my brain? Um, yeah, and, I had a lot of trouble at university straight away when I did it. I was back yeah. in what the late, late uh, early two thousands. I discovered it. It was just it's a shock mm. to the system, really. It was because like it's, I'd spent my full life like struggling, really struggling, yeah. and that was like a trigger. Basically, it helped me understand things. Like, I suppose it did, your case was coming much earlier, really, wasn't it? So it was like, yeah, um, yeah. It was. It was. I think it's a lot easier the earlier that it's recognised. Um, there wasn't a, a great deal of support for it because there were, I mean, there were still teachers don't believe in it. When I did my education studies degree, one of the tutors on my um in my um on my degree said that we were saying that middle that um dyslexia is an excuse for the thick children of middle class parents. <laughs> Just oh, I I was like, and it, he's he's teaching this generation, you know, he's teaching teachers. It's appalling. Yeah, so that, I have, I have an ongoing battle with my dad, and my dad's eighty eight now. When I came registered this, my dad said at the time, "Well, it doesn't exist." He did refuse to believe it. And it yeah. took him twenty years to his late seventies to actually believe me. So it's mm. like it's it yeah. does it's. I think it's a big shock people's system. That's why and it's. Yeah, I think the trigger of me like so I was writing poetry, and it's similar yeah. to you really. That's why like it's when I go into that zone, I don't tend to make half the errors I make on letters and stuff like that. It's something it's, it's like a trigger isn't it really so it's about processing it's about the way that your mm. brain processes things that are more important <laughs> it's yeah. just more important and and you know your own work 
things that you care about are a lot easier to put the effort in your brain's more engaged so things that you are that you care more about are easier um and i think it's probably like that for everyone um but especially if you've got sort of additional um neuro spiciness going on oh yeah blimey i've got all kinds there's not a list of things i've got with me wrong with me i <laughs> yeah. can i could spend about an hour going through you and you'd be saying how the hell am I still smiling over it? I think if you don't, if you don't, you cry sometimes. Now, I suppose it's probably the best way to tell people how, how we got in contact with each other, first of all, because mm-hmm. this is a few mutual friend of ours, Helen Kay, a wonderful oh, Helen Kay Helen. now. I yeah. love Helen. I met Helen all oh, years ago when I've done the Spoken Label podcast way before lockdown. I'm a fantastic lady. And she does her own website for a couple of years now called dyslexiapoetry.co.uk. Yeah. If people look around, they can find one of my poems in there for a couple of years ago. And, and and that's how we got talking originally because what I she recommended you to me because of, of, of your poem that's on there and it's a fantastic poem it really really is and I it was really charming when I read it that's why and it's your poem itself now obviously tell people about then and what's made you want to get some of your poems published in places like in Helen's website. Well, I used to. This is. Um, confessions now I used to write for a living oh, did you? Um, oh, I used to be a ghostwriter oh, oh. I used to get paid $700 per novel from some trash publishing company oh, in oh. America oh wow Actually, um, caught, caught me out with that one I wasn't expecting that one <laughs> brilliant and it was awful and the um and it was a really horrible, really horrible experience. Don't do it, guys. Um, because, you know, piecework anyway is no fun because you've got to put however many hours it is to take mm. to do it. And $700 after fees, after fees, pay for fees. It's about 300 quid for about a month's worth, you know, writing a novel. It's a lot of money. Um, it's a lot of time, rather. Um, what did you do? Did you, did you, I know, long story short, Amanda, my wife, did it briefly. And it's and she couldn't couldn't do it, so she quit pretty quick. And it would work. She wrote out she'd have to work about what write about fifteen thousand words a week on it minimum. Yours must have been something similar. I, when I don't care about the quality, I can write seven thousand words a day. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. Yeah. So yeah, seven thousand words a day um, was what I used to do, but I didn't care about the quality by the end, Um, and. I was just, I was like, right, do you know what? I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to um, do it for myself. So I set up a little um, uh, publishing um, imprint, which yeah. is really easy. Anyone can do it. Um, and um, and I published and started publishing my stuff, a few um, compilations of other people's poems. Um, and then I think a lot of people changed their perspective on what was going on during lockdown and I wanted to be able to share my children's poems and my children's stories and I, it became more and more obvious that it wasn't going to work in physical form because you don't have access to shops, you don't have access to um, the normal outlets and it just wasn't going to be, um, wasn't going to work. People weren't going to be able to access it. And also, not everyone can afford to buy however many books for their children. And they want people want to read to their kids. Most parents 
but they can't always afford to have to, to you know to just be buying books all the time. And libraries are shut in left, right, and centre. I don't want to get are. political, but well, we can get political. There's controversy around Stratford's library at the moment, but we'll come on to that oh, another yeah. day, right? <laughs> See, I well, yeah. hear things, even though I don't live in the area, right? <laughs> but yeah, so there's all sorts going on. And I'm writing these poems and these stories for children. And uh, so I thought one of the one way to be able to sort of um, allow people to access it is to put them on YouTube. So that's what I do with... Um, my illustrated poems and my short stories for children um, and I put the text up there because not all parents who want to read to the children can I mean it's it's a, it's a reality not everyone can um, so the text's up and I'm reading this so it's a read-along um, uh, for with the poems and the um, stories and then I've started to do um some of the notes for my GCSE English classes as well because I teach online I, I do private tutoring and I'm going to say all of my students are have an additional need of some sort um, and if it's dyslexia ADHD autism some sort of um, processing disorder those are children who will a lose all their notes immediately anyway be don't start, don't start me on that yeah <laughs> atrocious yeah were you like that growing up where you were losing oh, all just time? stuff everywhere yeah don't know yeah. where anything is i'm still like that now so <laughs> yeah um and and so it's on youtube for them so if we have the lesson i, I send them the notes but i've read the notes out um and written them down and so it's on youtube and they can get at it and they can re-watch it because if you need to overlearn stuff you need to be able to re-hear it and re-see it over and over again um and depending on how their processing stuff works so that's what's that's what that is so it's mainly it's sort of evolved into mainly um gcse english revision for my students <laughs> but oh, i am yeah. i'm still doing poems and putting them up there i've got some in the pipelines i'm writing at the moment yeah i was playing them all back this morning there's five in there of yours and they're all brilliant because i'd love to really do the illustrations of it so can you, yeah. can you go through this button? I call, we'll call it storyboarding. I'm not sure whether it's applicable yeah. in this case. But, yeah, we'll call it storyboarding anyway. So tell us about the storyboarding when your poems are bought then. So when you're doing them, do you have the hmm. illustrations in mind when the poem is finished or do you do that when you're looking at doing a video for them? So I do the illustrations after, after the poem and I go to I have, I have go to Canva um, and I use... Um, and there's a few illustr illustrators on Canva that I that I'm really big fan of, and I use a lot of their stuff. And when when I do print books, all of their um, all of their acts are in the book. They're credited all in the book because even though I'm not, you know, there's no um, obligation to. I think it's nice. <laughs> it's nice to just let people know who who's who's done whose work it is that I'm that I'm working with. Um, and then I um, curate. The illustration so I, I i will create out of several different types of backgrounds maybe there's different elements in so they all come as separate elements that you have to combine because can't draw um so level 3d design can't draw <laughs> well i got i remember this my case was when i was at lost stop school was your no right so that's where I, that's where i did my secondary acts and then um, they actually loved my I won an award I did in the second year at secondary for art of a experimental version of of um, waves in the sea. 
But I'm colorblind. So I, I ended up doing the C in pink, thinking it was like blue. Yeah, because it's that sort of pale. Yeah. yeah. That's why completely untypical me. But yeah, I know what you mean. But you do like it. It doesn't stop you sometimes. You can't do it. <laughs> so, but yeah, you know, obviously, referring back to obviously what you're doing, they're saying like it's, yeah, it's, it is really, really, I think it's really, really good stuff that like you're doing here on this. But on your YouTube channel itself, though, have to have this took off in a way that you weren't expecting because there's so much content there. People look at it. Um, I so when I had my daughter last last mm. February, I can't work out when where we're up. <laughs> so about a year and a half ago, um, I um wrote the "I'm Coming to the World" poem for her. Ah, um, ah. and and I thought I better put that up but I mean there was already stuff on there there was my chicken stuff on there um lots of videos about <laughs> me following around this is a chicken that I'm filming these are my chickens this is some things the chickens are eating it was not very exciting <laughs> where did you rescue hens come from because I know it's actually in your bio yeah, obviously, people are wondering. You let you live in strip from your partner, your daughter, and rescue hens. Yeah, so um, the commercial egg industry um, sort of rejects its hens at eighteen months old. That's their cut-off point usually. So eighteen months old, these aren't commercially viable anymore. Get rid, and they're usually either made into dog food or fertilizer at that stage. Oh right, um, oh, wow. But there's a few organisations that. Um, Lucky Hens in Wigan, who I'm getting yeah. my next lot from, um, and Fresh Start for Hens, they're a national charity. There's a few of them that will go and pick up these hens um, en masse and then take them to a collection point. And then you go and you say, I want four. And then you turn up and you take away seven because chicken maths. And then um, and then you go off and, and, have, your, and have chickens. And then they continue oh. to lay all my hens... Um, that I've had rescue hens that I've had have continued to lay for years after their, their commercial viability ran out. Um, and the farmers don't want to have the hens turned into dog food. You know, they, they don't, they're not cruel people, but they have to be able to make money from it. And so when charities say, Oh, we'll take them off your hands, they're more than happy to have that happen. They're really, some of them are really, um, really helpful and like help the charities put them in the, in the vans and stuff. Um, so, but yeah, so got a garden full of chickens. I, I'm just trying to imagine that because there's somebody that lives in the back of where we are, I and mean, Denton has got that. And you can see someone like about 30 or 40 chicken, um, hens walking around his front garden. Yeah. And that's why I thought of you then straight away. And his neighbors hate him because they're, they're always making love. They're up <laughs> when they're on, she would say they're on season, that they could be at season. it all night sometimes, or I keep getting told. Well, it's, when they're laying, they say they sing this egg song, and it's ridiculously loud. They call it the egg song, and it's not a song at all. It sounds like they are being tortured. <laughs> it's horrible noise that comes out. Yeah, and we had one chicken that would sing the. She'd stop laying, and she carried on singing the egg song whenever anyone else laid. She's like, "Oh, there's an egg. Like, it's not your egg. It's not your egg, Miriam. Come down." And she's like, "No, there's an egg. Like, yes, but." It's not oh, yours. No. Get away. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I can, I, can, I can imagine. That's all I'm going to say, definitely, with that. So. <laughs> anyway, listen, let's get back to your writing anyway, then. That's what mm. we're really here for today. Although it's fascinating, right? <laughs> <laughs> your, your, your hen, hen stories. And do you have any sort more plans for your um, creativity, then? Where do you think you'll go next to it? Um, I'm 
got a few more poems, child, children's poems I want to do. Um, so the jungle jellyfish one I really liked. Well, people, we um, will be will be hearing that in the second half, and I adored that one. Um, and that had that had about five thousand views. I was really impressed. Um, but I'm doing a another one, but it's sort of mental health themed, and, and I think because I keep snails as well at the moment. Um, oh, do you? Oh, whoa! Yeah, yeah. I'm currently breeding <laughs> giant land snails. So what are you like the good life? You like the good life, and are you having like a zoo for a zoo in your house? And basically, well, my partner's not massively into the snails, so they they live in the in, in the garage. We call it my laboratoire. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> so I'm gonna. I've got a, a story in my head about um about just taking things at a snail's pace and just slowing things down and taking your own sweet time, um, which I think might be quite a nice one. I've got. Um, um, yeah, I've got got stuff percolating up there. Um, I think um, I've got what I need to do is another spelling story because um, I did a story called "Ite." Um, well, I've got hairy toes about how to make the ite sound. Um, and it's about a little monkey who gets really cross because no one says his, no one can remember his name, and he goes around shouting, "I've got hairy toes." Um, which is a little spelling one. So I've got another one called Oh You Grumpy Hippo about an ooh sound. Ooh. Um <laughs> that I need to get on with as well. So yeah, so a nice slow snail and a grumpy hippo. Yeah. Brilliant. Now, if people will research and listen to your poems, I, I, my favourite one was when uh, Amanda the panda came into it because <laughs> most of my wife's called Amanda, that's why, right? Oh, so. yes. Yeah, so... Uh, baby bean can't find camel. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to play um, that one to Amanda later on because I know she's going to love that one. She's not heard <laughs> it yet. So, <laughs> brilliant. Okay. We'll wrap up part one here anyway. Emma, so I want to give you a chance to read a few pieces out in the second half for us. Uh, we'll do the hard sell. Okay. If you want people to find out more about you, where do you recommend they go? Um, What's my YouTube called? Read <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's reading room publishing pro projects is my youtube and it's all on there um there's the children's poems the chickens <laughs> and the and the english revision and i think there might even be a, a very old video of a gambian poucher um, eating an agatha christie novel on there somewhere but... <laughs> brilliant great stuff i thought it's been a pleasure right we'll take a quick break i want to give you a chance to read a few pieces after us but i've enjoyed it and yeah. take it for everybody. Hang around for this because they put Emma's brilliant in the poetry. She really put a big smile on my face this morning when I was playing these back. So, see you all. Spoken, mate. Hey, guys. Andy and my new friend, the wonderful Emma. Straight over to Emma now because should we tell people how many poems you could do to Emma, to Emma today or should we leave them guessing? It's up to you. Um, I don't know. We can we can tell them. I will tell them as we come to them. Yeah, yeah, do that way, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm getting that stage, and the longer I do this podcast, I'm getting crueler because I don't tell people. We obviously, I make sure the poet knows how many poems they're doing. I give you on. Otherwise, we'll have all kinds of problems. So, anyway, over to you, Emma, for your first. Okay. This is I'm Coming to the World, Keep It Safe for Me. <clears throat> I'm Coming to the World, Keep It Safe for Me. When the time is right, I'll come. I want the air and to breathe it free. 
See the fish as they swim in the clear blue sea. I'm coming to the world. Keep it safe for me. See the birds as they perch and flit and flee. I want the air and to breathe it free. To eat of the earth, grow the plant and the tree. I'm coming to the world. Keep it safe for me. To live in the world, the animals, other people and me. I want the air and to breathe it free. It isn't for me to protect it yet. I'm coming to the world. Keep it safe for me. I want the air and to breathe it free. I absolutely love the repetition on that. Uh, when you wrote that poem originally, was it planned to have the repetition like that? Yes, it was written as, it's almost a villanelle, it's not quite a villanelle. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> I wrote it um, in a really um, rigid structure because mm. um, I find it a lot quicker to write um, if, if I've got a really strict structure. And I'd set myself a deadline and then hadn't done it. <laughs> so, oh, God, so yeah. Oh, oh, yes. So I went out with my notepad one morning. It was, would have been March last year. I went out with my notepad in the morning, walking in the pram around the parks in the rain, and I just sat down and wrote it. Um, but because it's a villanelle structure or villanelle-ish structure, it's a lot um, easier to easier respect, for me to respect to respect you for doing that because I I did that structure at uni and I hated it. I will, I love having a go at some kind of poems. Stressful. I love, I love doing sonnets. <laughs> Now, I absolutely adore doing haikus, but villanelles used to do that give me proper headaches. <laughs> so, respect you, no way. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a beautiful voice. Well, I think I really like it. Seriously, it's, it's the song like quality in it because it's like when you use the repetition in it, it, it elevates it. And it's not all easy to do with poetry, I don't think. And it, it works really well. It's a great piece. Okay. Okay. There's enough now. On to poem number two. So, this one. Um, is for your <laughs> for your wife Amanda. Then it's a baby bean can't find camel, and this one is one another one that I wrote for my little one. We call her Baby Bean, and she has a little camel called Camel with a K. Um, and he was made by um a Palestinian woman's group, so he has a little Palestinian flag on his um bandana, um and camel in with a K, um is Palestinian word. And this is baby bean can't find camel. The sun has gone down and the curtains are drawn. You've had your bath and you're starting to yawn. It's bed oh, it's time for bed, baby bean. What toys do you want? You can't take them all. You don't want your bricks or your car or your ball. You want the lion the lion, Lurfant the elephant, Gigi giraffe, Henry Ticklebear the bird. Oh, Henry Ticklebear, Henry Ticklebear the owl, Amanda the panda, and Camel the camel. But no bedtime's complete without Camel. But where is Camel the camel? It's okay, my love. We know he's best Ted. We won't make you cuddle some other instead. He can't have gone fair. No bedtime's complete without Camel. Lurfant's just fine. And ooh, and has cleaned off the tub. She's been washed in the bathroom. Now she's out of the tub. But where is Camel the camel? 
He can't have gone far. No bedtime's complete without camel. Lion's safe and sound underneath mum's old chair. We should have known to look for him there. But where is camel the camel? He can't have gone far. No bedtime's complete without camel. Amanda the panda, that fine little Ted, is happily sitting on mum and dad's bed. But where is camel the camel? He can't have gone far. No bedtime's complete without camel. Gigi Giraffe has been hiding in all these receptacles and now she is wearing daddy's green spectacles. But where is Camel the Camel? He can't have gone far. No bedtime's complete without Camel. Henry Ticklebird's safe on his shelf watching down. He can see everything's fine when he looks around. But where is Camel the Camel? He can't have gone far. No bedtime's complete without Camel. <gasps> camel is sat over here with your book. Okay, come on, and we'll take one more look. Come along, Bean, you sleepy head. We've found Camel. Now it's time for your bed. Oh, what a lot of sleepy Teds, all tired and ready for their beds. Snuggling up, all so sleepy, so clean. Sleep tight, my little baby. <laughs> beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Ironically, when I was going through all these this morning, I've not told you this actually, but um, when I was playing them all back, I played all this. There's a number of your videos on this channel, you, you, your poetry. As soon as this one finished, it then clicked onto randomly some Beatrix Potter stuff, would you believe? How bizarre. Yeah. A bit of contrast. Slightly, <laughs> yeah. It's like it's an informal self I know they say YouTube, YouTube algorithms are going to be very random, but like <laughs> from, the, from that to go over to like I said, wind in the willows. It was something like this. Really odd. Yeah. yeah, it was just like it wasn't even like it was close. That's why no, that's back to yours. That I absolutely love that piece, particularly Amanda the panda. That's obviously the <laughs> personal reason, right? But yeah, yeah. Did you find when you were reading that one out and you? Obviously, because there's a lot of rhythm in that piece, much more in the, the villain in the first piece. And being a dyslexic, and I'm dyspraxic, I'd be stumbling all over that. I would be. I know what yeah. I like straight away. Mm, yes, it's much more stumbly. It's like, oh, keep trying to catch myself. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? And it's also a while since I've read it out loud. Oh, is it? Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that, right? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. No, fair play to yourself. Anyway, we'll move on to the. Um, um, the finale. This, I guess, is the big finale, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So this one. Oops, sorry. Yeah. So this one is. Um. Sometimes I feel like a jungle jellyfish, and it's about feeling like you're not quite in the right place. Sometimes I feel like a jungle jellyfish, in a world that's just not made for me, where I don't fit in and I can't seem to breathe. In a world where I just want to be. I don't always belong. I don't always feel strong. The colours and shapes here feel strange. The way that I am sometimes feels like it's wrong. It's confusing and big. And the rules always change. I may not fit in in this place. I'm unique and that's fine. 
and I'll find my own space. I am special. I am me. I am mine. I have gifts that only I can bring. I have got my own special zing. So I'll be a jungle jellyfish with pride and let myself try to be free. I'll explore and discover and try not to hide in a world almost ready for me. Oops, that's the wrong page. <laughs> a jungle jellyfish through the vines I weave. With a delicate haste, I silently leave. My neon bright lights in the dark. I'm on my way, a peaceful spark. It's okay to feel like a jungle jellyfish and it's okay to roam. And it's okay to want to belong and to come back home. Great way of finishing off that today. I've actually really enjoyed all three of them. And it's great because like, you think you hear all three of them read back to back like that. I think they're all very, very different pieces or very different sides of you as a writer and think as a person as well, that way yeah. as well. So do you feel like yourself you look back at your stuff sometimes? Because you are, you do write very, very varied stuff, don't you? You don't tend to sit still as a writer. That's for sure of it. Yeah. Well, it's ADHD brain. <laughs> I want a bit of everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not actually with AJD, but I know one thing I'm like, I'm a very, very restless, creative person because mm. I'll never sit still doing one thing. I'll have, I'll have about 14 things on the go and then <laughs> complete 13 of them because I lose interest. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, always doing stuff um, constantly, um, constantly creating. So if it's not poetry, it'll be stories or research. Or a couple of years ago, I did a book about. Um, uh, about narcissism where I interviewed loads of narcissists just because I was I had some time <laughs> I had some time on my hand um, and yeah just a bit of everything I want to do that I want to know about this I want to be able to do that yeah no no I can't but I think it's a great idea so indeed so. but listen all the best for the future keep in touch I would love to have you on again and if we're ever down the road you're down which we probably will be some part along the line Oh, if you see, well, yeah, yeah. If you see two strange people looking over, you where are all the hens? You know, with me and Amanda, <laughs> you'll hear them. You'll hear them because we've got some new ones coming soon. Yeah. Oh, me, I remember that then, right? So, <laughs> so and listen, Emma, it's been a pleasure. I seriously have really enjoyed. Thank today. you for having me on. It's been really nice. Hang, hang around. I need to quickly go over one or two quick things to wrap up with today. Okay, so been an absolute Brilliant. pleasure. Right, guys, and girls, that's it for today from Spoken Label. We should be back, and of course, who knows when, but keep keep in touch. And as Don Callis over at AEW Wrestling says, stay safe, stay over. See you all next time. Spoken Label.